Well, we did have a few excitements. We got caught in the big earthquake in Gisborne. And uh, I said to Sophie at 2.30 in the morning, as the motorhome was going this way, and then I said, if this goes for another five seconds, we're out of here. This is going to tip over. It was that strong. And, uh, but anyway, we survived. Hallelujah. And it was good. So Ruben's 35 today. 35. I don't, he, he doesn't understand it, but that's middle-aged. Because God gives us 70 years and 35 is halfway and it's all over by then. It's starting to... So it's, it's not going to be easy for harmony. It was, Christie's, it was Christie's birthday this week, I understand too, and Alina's tomorrow. Good on you, Alina. Happy birthday. Hallelujah. Life is blessed, isn't it? Yeah. Hands up those who feel that they're blessed. Yeah. Well, whether you feel like it or not, you are, if you're in the house. Hallelujah. It's so good. All right. The blessed life. The blessed life. Age. An elderly gent was invited to an old friend's home for dinner one evening. That word elderly, that, we've got to be careful about that word. I... Um, read an article on the net and it said it was talking about this elderly man who was trying to cross the road and he got run over and then it gave his age and the elderly man was younger than me I thought that's wrong that's got to stop we've got to be very careful when using such words but anyway and the elderly gent was invited to an old friend's home for dinner one evening and he was impressed by the way, his buddy preceded every request to his wife with endearing terms such as honey, my love, darling, sweetheart, pumpkin. The couple had been married almost 55 years and clearly they were still very much in love. While the wife was in the kitchen, the man leaned over and said to his best friend, I think it's wonderful that after all these years, you still call your wife those loving sweet names. The gracious host hung his head as he replied, I have to tell you the truth, he said. Her name slipped my mind about 10 years ago and I've been afraid to ask her ever since. <laughs> so if you hear your spouse using those words too often, be suspicious. They've probably forgotten what your name is. The blessed life. The thing is, God wants to bless us, doesn't he? Amen. Hallelujah. The blessed life. In every area of our life, God wants to bless us over and over again. God's a good God. And he is determined to bless us. Hallelujah. And, and, and so we just need to be in a position to receive that blessing. And in this series, uh, we're talking especially about financial blessing and how to understand how finances work in the kingdom of God. We heard a great testimony this morning that when we trust God and we're obedient to his ways, then the blessing of God begins to follow us. Hallelujah. In fact, the Bible says the blessing of God not only follows us, it overtakes us. And so this becomes important. And we wanted to share these things uh, so that you understand uh, clearly how to walk into the blessed life in this area of finance. God is a generous God, yes? 
God's a generous God. He really is. And, and, and as his sons and daughters, we need to capture that heart of God. That aspect of God that he is very... Here he is, the middle-aged man coming in. <laughs> Down Reuben. He, he, God is a generous God. And you and I... As we walk with the Lord, He begins to change our hearts to come to, to this point where we become generous people. Hallelujah. In every area of our lives, we become giving people. The Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave. When the love of God touches our heart, we become givers. Hallelujah. We become givers in life. We become givers in encouragement. We become givers in time. We become givers in every area of our life. We just want to give. Hallelujah. Because we begin to understand that sort of principle of generosity that comes from the heart of God. And, and, and so we, how, how many people want to be blessed by God? Six, all right. How many, how many people would like to be blessed financially from heaven? A few more. How many of you would like to win lotto next Saturday? You go. See, in our hearts, we really want to be blessed, don't we? We really want to do well financially. We want to have a surplus. So we've got enough, not just for us. You know, there's a difference. Many people live in survival mode. They just get enough. But God wants to lift you out of that and lift you into an overflow, into the life of the blessed life, so that not only do you have enough for yourself, but you have enough to give away. Hallelujah. And to bless others in our life. There's a verse in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 17 and 18. See, to understand these things, we need to understand God's ways in these matters. So it says here, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. So it's the Lord's blessing that enables us to be blessed financially. And we need to understand how to walk into that. <clears throat> Let me lay down three basic principles of what it's like to be a Christian and what it's like to be walking in the kingdom of God. Number one, God is the creator of all things and he owns all things. Psalm 24 and verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So bottom line, God has created us and he created this earth and he owns it. It belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. Second principle is this. God is the giver of all good things. <clears throat> James 1.17 says, For every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. I have discovered that everything I receive, I take it as from God. If it's a good thing, I receive it from the Lord. Uh, the, the school might pay my wages, but I say, God is the source. God is the source of things that come to me. And we have to work that out. If people give us something, I don't, it's not just the, it's God's hands in it. And God is giving to us. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and the third principle is this. What we do have as Christians, 
we hold as stewards of the Lord. It is not right to claim ownership as a Christian of the things that we have. We have custody of these things, but not ownership. See, God has blessed me over and over again. God's blessed me with a beautiful wife. She doesn't belong to me in that sense. She's on loan to me. Hallelujah. And I am to look after her and keep her and watch over her on behalf of him. My money just comes, I don't own my house. Well, I do really, in that sense, but I take it, I've, God has given it to me. God has blessed me in a remarkable house, and so I'm a steward of that. I look after it, but Lord, everything belongs to you. You are not your own, the Bible says, you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. And so there comes this point, when we, may, we, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, we only receive Him as our Savior as we own Him as our Lord. And so we give Him our life and we belong to the Lord. And from that moment, everything else belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. And so we need to look after what God gives to us. And we need to be careful to look after what God gives to us. If God gives you possession, look after them on His behalf. Hallelujah. Be assured of this, that God wants to bless you in every way. 3 John and verse 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Spiritually, when we become Christians, God begins to bless us spiritually. Our, we, 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 our, our soul begins to get healed. The things that have been robbed from us in the past or by dumb decisions that we've made, God begins to heal us and restore to us all these things. And as our soul prospers, God wants you also to your health to prosper. And as your health... Health prospers, so God wants to prosper you and bless you. Yeah. That is God's will for your life. Some people have difficulty with that. The problem was that to be spiritual in the years and centuries gone by, if to be really spiritual, you had to make a vow of poverty, which really just is not the Bible. Yeah. It was a man-made thing to humble people. But God wants to trust you with increasing blessing as you walk in your life. He really does. He, he loves you. And if you will become generous as spirit, then you will be blessed over and over again. So of all that God blesses us with, God simply asks us to take a step of faith and return to Him the first part. In Old Testament days, and under the Old Covenant, that part was a tenth of all they produced. It became known as the principle of first fruits. The first child that was born was dedicated to the Lord. The first sheep that was, lamb that was born was dedicated to the Lord. The first part was always dedicated to the Lord. Of the crops, when all the crops were harvested, they would bring a tenth and make it available to the Lord's house. That was just the principle. God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you 
And all I ask from you is to dedicate the first part back to the Lord. We're not under law. We actually have the choice of what that first part will be. But we do need to make a choice. The thing is, can we trust God? It seems to me that if I can't trust God with a small amount of finance, how on earth am I going to trust Him with the other things in my life? How am I going to trust Him with my health? How am I going to trust Him with my family? How am I going to trust Him with, my cri- with crisis that might break into my life if I can't even trust Him with a few dollars? And God wants to tease us out and call and stretch us out so that we learn to trust Him when we see the provision of God in remarkable ways and say, I can do this. I can do this. Bree made a decision to trust God. And in a short space of time, it turned. Why? Because God loves her. God wanted to bless her and her family. But he wanted her to to learn how to trust him and to walk with him. In Luke chapter 16 and verse 11, it's, Jesus just says this. This this is a very powerful verse. It just says this. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? Wow. Jesus is saying there's something about the lessons of faith. There's something about the blessed life that you can learn so easily by trusting God with your money. Hello. Hello. Are you going to live by faith? (laughs) Well, with grandparents like that. This cup, I'm so pleased I'm in a church that is led by generous people. You will never know the generosity of this couple to the degree that is. They've learned that. You see, God watches our lives. He said, I'm going to give you so much money but I want you to trust me with some of it. It's important. In these days of economics, ups and downs, we need to make sure that God is blessing us financially. We need to tap in to the resources of heaven. We need to learn the kingdom principles that this, the church and the kingdom of God run on. You see, there are no shortages of heaven. The kingdom of God has an economy all of its own, and it doesn't work the same as worldly economies. And we need, it's a faith thing that we need to move into. To tap in, we need to understand and walk in the principles of God's kingdom and understand how financial blessing works in that kingdom. Let me just help you with this. In Genesis 8, chapter 22, right at the beginning of the Bible, right at the beginning of the time, in Genesis 8, 22, the Bible says this, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, night and day will never cease. You know, the world runs on seed time and harvest. 
Seed time, harvest. The interesting thing is you don't get two harvests in a row. You have to sow again after the harvest to get the next harvest. Seed time, harvest. Right here is a great principle that I want to share with you. If you can get this, you'll be blessed. You'll start to enter into the blessed life. Galatians 6 and 8 just says, What a man sows, that he will reap. Well, that's pretty obvious. Trouble is, many of us expect to reap, but we don't want to sow. Second Corinthians 9 and verse 6, it says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. That's fair enough. If I sow three seeds of carrots, guess how many carrots I'm going to get? If I want 50, seed, 50 carrots, I better sow 50 seeds, yeah? Is this too hard for us? It's not rocket science. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Friends, this is a principle of life. Yeah. This is, can be applied to friendship. It can be applied to love. It can be applied to relationships. It can be applied to every area of your life. Hallelujah. That if you will sow generously into other people and give time or give love or give encouragement, you will reap it back a hundredfold. You will get it back. But if you're mean and miserable and hang on to everything you've got and don't sow, then it won't be surprising if you don't get a harvest. I mean, come on. Proverbs 11 and verse 24 and 25. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. I remember a time I was so caught up with my own life and I was just going through a hard time and I, and I thought, well, nobody encourages me. Nobody speaks life to me. And the Holy Spirit, just when I got quiet enough, the Holy Spirit said, how much encouragement have you given? Well, I haven't got, I'm too, I'm miserable. I don't want to encourage anybody. Well, he said it could be a while before you get encouraged. <laughs> and so I turned it, I deliberately went out of my way to speak good things over people's lives. Sure enough, within a short space of time, people were speaking back. There was a harvest there. There was a harvest there. If you give nothing and God multiplies it by a hundred times, how much are you going to get? <laughs> you see, if I, want to, if, I, if, if I want to harvest, I've got to sow. Coming before summertime, I, I'm, I'm going to sow my garden. So I get lettuce seeds and carrots and beetroot and, and, and beans and, and whatever I want to eat. In summertime, I'm down in my garden, I prepare the soil, and I sow, I sow, I sow, I sow. Then, what do I do? I expect to get a harvest. Hallelujah. 
So this day, I come and I've got a bag of seed potatoes. And I'm thinking, I'm dreaming. We are going to have yummy, yummy summer new potatoes. We are, this is going to be fantastic. So I've got this beautiful bag of seed potatoes and I open it up. I've got the soil ready and I take out the potatoes and I think, man, these potatoes are all right. I said to Sophia, my word, these are good potatoes. I don't know whether we should bury these. And so I persuaded her to cook them. And sure enough, they were okay. They weren't brilliant, but they were all right. So we ate them. Well, 10 weeks later, I went down the garden. And I said, where's the potatoes? I went back up to Sophie. I said, we've got no potatoes. Why haven't we got potatoes? We've always had potatoes. She said, we ate the seed. We ate the seed. Well, I still want a harvest. You ate the seed. I've learned this. When... Of all the money, of all the things that money that God gives to me, part of that is the seed for the next harvest. Part of that is God ordained seed, what God gives to us. Hallelujah. He says, I, get, I only want a part back, and you can even decide how much that is, what part it is. But if you eat the seed, you got nothing to plant for the next harvest. And that my friend, is the problem with people's life that it tends to poverty because they eat the seed instead of giving it to God and bringing it into the storehouse. Look at this scripture in, in, in the last book of the Old Testament. It says, starts off like this, Malachi 3 and verse 7. It says, return to me. And I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? The, the, the nation of Israel was in trouble. They were in trouble socially. They were in trouble financially. The economy had been ruined. And they were under attack from enemies outside. And they said, they said God, we need to return back to you. And so this verse comes up. Return to me and I'll return to you. But you ask, how are we to return? And God says, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. In other words, God says, listen, test me. Try it and see if this works. Amen. Bring a part. Now, we're not under law. That tithe was 10%. You can decide what level you are willing to sow again. You see? 
So it says, bring it to the that there may be food in my house. This is how the church is to be financed. The church is not designed to be financed by, by, by fates and garden things and raising money and all sorts of things. The church is to be funded by the giving of the people within it. God doesn't need your money. And the church will get by without your money, no problem. But there is a principle here that God establishes in our lives and in our churches. And he says, prove me, test me. If you will do this, I will open the windows of heaven, the floodgates of heaven, and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Well, I'm willing to have a risk and take a test. Better than lotto. So when it begins to multiply, you take the seed and you sow a bit of it again. Don't eat the seed. See? And then it says, not only that, he says, I will rebuke, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. The old King James Version says, I will rebuke the devourer. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal. Have you noticed how your money seems to there and then it disappears again? Comes and then disappears again? There's a devourer. God says, if you will plant your seed and trust me with it, I will deal with that devourer. Hallelujah. That when your business will begin to prosper, you'll make great decisions. You'll begin to think wisely about the rest of your money and God will prosper it. Hallelujah. These things are so important to us. And then it says, and... uh, And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe. In other words, you'll get a full harvest year after year after year after year after year. So there's two things here, tithes and offerings. There is a part of our seed giving that we lay aside consistently of all the money. Of all the money I get, doesn't matter what source it comes, where it comes from, I know it's come from God, and of that money, I have always, for years and years, all my life, I've put first aside. I don't need to touch it. I wouldn't touch it. It is God's money. I put it aside. Hallelujah. And I planted a seed. And then there's offerings. There's things that we give. You say, I just, I give, but I don't want anything back. Well, well that's okay. Good on you. But when you're planting a seed, expect a harvest. That is not wrong. Expect God to multiply. It's common sense to expect to get a harvest from our sowing. Hallelujah. Amen. I remember we were, uh, a missionary was, was staying at, at our house. This was, this was when I was learning this principle as a young husband and father. And, and I, I, was, I was praying in the morning and this missionary was saying, he said, give the missionary $50. Now that was half of my salary for the week. I was on $100 a week. Give half of it to him. I said, I'll pray about that again. Um, give, and, but I felt it was the Lord that was prompting me. And so I gave him $50. I said, Lord, I give it as seed. Here it is, my friend. I just want to bless you with this. That week, three people came to me and gave me $50. And someone else gave me 30 And the Holy Spirit said, see, I'm trying to teach you something. I said, I think I'm getting it. I think I'm getting it. I think I'm getting it. You see? So, so, so these, these sorts of things. Um, another time when I was up here, I was teaching, and, and I, I, I was I gave someone $200. So 
said, here's a gift for you, $200. That, the next day, I get a phone call for, from Abundant Life School. Could you come and, uh, and relieve teaching for a day? Thank you, I will, $200, tick. When I got there, they said, could you come tomorrow? I can, $200. That's not a bad return. That's not a bad return. Sowing, reaping. Sowing, reaping. Seed time, harvest. Seed. You say, where's my harvest? You've got to sow for it, my friends. Got to sow for it. You see, this is, this is important. Oh, yeah, I remember this. I was, I was speaking in this church, and I had a whole lot of bills coming up. So I'm sitting there singing, and, 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 singing, and then the offering. So how much will I give to this offering as a seed faith offering because I really need a harvest coming up uh, by the end of the month. And I've got in my wallet, I said, I've got a $5 note, a $5, a $10, 20 50 and I had a $100 note in there. And I'm sure the Holy Spirit said, five. Five. And I said, no, Lord, I can do better than that. Anything else. You tell me. And on the, in my mind, you just give me whatever note it is, I'm going to give it. Five is fine. I put $5 in. Felt a bit embarrassed, actually. Put $5 in. The meeting, when I preached, and then it came down to the end of the meeting, and blow me down if the pastor doesn't get up and say, that was amazing today. We had a great time. Why don't we take up an offering for Ian? I thought, what a good idea. <laughs> At the end, they gave me $1,000. I never received anything like that in my life up to that point. Holy Spirit saying, are you getting the idea? I had an old Cortina car, station wagon. Used it to tow the little boat we had. It was had it. It was, a, I said, I'm going to sell it. I sold it. Took it down to the auction, a wooden auction. Went down once, nobody wanted it. I really wasn't surprised as I drove it home. Dong, 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 dong. I took it back again, nobody wanted it. I said, Lord, that's a bit strange. We need to get a new car and I need this deposit. And the Holy Spirit, in my mind comes this thought, give it away. I said, I wouldn't give this to my worst enemy. It's had it. And then I thought, what about if I put it back in the auction and if it sells, I'll give the money away, whatever I get. Yeah, good idea. Took it back to the auction, sold first up. $800, yes. $50 for the auction, I had $750. Went by, put it in an envelope, gave it away to someone who needed a car. I said, now, Lord, that's the seed. Two weeks later, I got a letter in the mail. And in the mail was a... Ian, here is a check to put towards your new car, 7,500. It was seed. It was seed. And the Bible says, prove me now. Put me to the test, says God. If I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing, I'm trying to open the door for you to walk into the blessed life. Hallelujah, of generosity. And if you can learn it in finances, you will learn it in all areas of your life. Hallelujah. Because this principle is a kingdom principle while the earth remains seed time and harvest and so on and so forth. What else have I got? Probably not much. A little boy 
gave Jesus five loaves and two fishes. And he fed 10,000. He had a good lunch. Not only that, he had a good story for show and tell at school the next morning. Peter loaned the boat to Jesus. He, he loaned him an empty boat. And Jesus preached from that boat and gave it back to him full of fish. Hallelujah. You cannot outgive God. Jesus turns up and he says to the people, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and it still runs over. Can you trust him? Can you? I want to encourage you to become a generous follower of Jesus. Hallelujah. I, we're not preaching this because we have a need of finance. We're preaching this so that you can overflow in your life for all the days of your life that come down. Hallelujah. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Jesus said, I want to bless you in such a way that it'll overflow. You'll have room to contain it. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. There's harvest. It's a harvest. How do you get a harvest? You sow. You sow. You sow. Then when you get your harvest, there's a part that belongs to God. You sow it again. You sow it again. And the harvest keeps coming. You say, sow it again. Sow it again. God begins to bless. 